This is the part of the service that we're going to uh, open up the Bible together. And uh, we're doing a little series called Keys to the Kingdom. Looking at the parables of Jesus and the stories that Jesus told uh, while he was here on earth. And really, those, these stories, have, as we've been journeying through, have been revealing God's heart and uh, allowing us to examine our hearts, to look afresh at our hearts. And if you've missed any talks in the series at all in the previous weeks, uh, you can head online and get them online. We'd love you to do that just to keep uh, up with what uh, we've been saying in terms of the Sunday services. Now, I've called this talk While We Wait. I am not very good at waiting. Uh, I struggle. There's nothing worse when you're in the bank or, and there's somebody doing a really long transaction in the bank and you're waiting in the queue uh, or if you're, another one is the self-service area at supermarkets, and every time person's putting the stuff in the bag, it's unknown item in the bagging area, and you're just like, oh man, I've only got one thing, and every single item, this is happening. But one of my most uncomfortable waits was when we were having our, our second-born child called Struin. I was high as a kite. I was, I was just so hyper and uh, so nervous, and Mary had been booked in for a C-section and we went in thinking, this is the day we're going to have strewn. And then we got sent home again. And then uh, because it wasn't the day that, that somebody else came in and we had to go home. And then we got in again and we're stuck in this waiting room. And while we're in this waiting room, we were there for hours. And I was playing with that, them big bouncy ball things. I was playing football with them, kicking them around the room. I had about seven coffees. I watched an episode of Jeremy Kyle, which I'm still processing. I think I might get prayer later for. Uh, but then I done one of the biggest things that, I, uh, that still haunts me to this day. Now, I just want you to put yourself in my shoes for a minute. And I put in brackets, I'm glad Mary is through on tots today. But you're not, you're here. My wife is going in for a big operation. We have another little boy entering the world. And I need to take my mind off it. So I did what any other uh, prospective father would do. I bought a television. I bought a television. We didn't need a TV, but I thought we could sell our existing one. And I had a photo of it. So I thought, I'll put it on a gum tree right now. And uh, it was a smart TV. I bought it. And so while Mary was in extreme pain, and uh, really struggling, I was working out which TVs had three HDMI inputs and just agreeing with her and, and looking up now and again. And uh, <laughs> three days later, the box arrived, completely forgot about it. And that was an interesting environment to be part of, sleep deprived, uh, and it looked great on our wall. It was a good TV until three months ago, which I said a couple of weeks ago, Joshua put a toy hammer through it. And secretly, no, I don't know this. I think Mary under her breath was going, ha, 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 I don't know if she was, though. I don't know if she was. Serves you right. Thank you, Jesus. Humble that man. That's the kind of things. But anyways, how are we with waiting? How are we with waiting? As you can see, I don't cope very well with it. And, uh, but I doubt all of us will be heading for prayer after going, I buy TVs too when I'm waiting. I doubt that will be the case. But we all have all stuff that we've waited on. What do we do in our waiting? And then on a serious note, we have had some really tough times waiting. Waiting to sell a flat, which I've spoken about before. Waiting to have a baby, which uh, we've spoken about as well. The parable of the talents, which we're going to look at this morning, or it's also known as the loaned money or the bags of gold. This challenges us 
to think about what we're doing with what Jesus has given us. What are we doing with what Jesus has given us until he returns? What are we doing while we're waiting? So we're going to read Matthew 25, and we're going to start at verse 14 uh, to 29. It should be on the screen as well. There we go. It's maybe a wee bit small, but if you've got Bibles given out as well, it is on page 749. So let me pray just before we do that. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are eager to speak to us through it. We thank you that you, you love us, Lord. You want the best for us, Lord. We pray that this will be a significant time as we delve into your book. It won't be about what I say, but what you say. It won't be about some funny stories, but it will be about significant life-shifting moments, Lord where we lay down the baggage and we pick up kingdom dreams. Come, Lord. Amen. Right, let's read. So it starts at verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five, five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came, Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned it, would, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. So... This parable symbolizes all our God-given resources, our time, our money, our energy, our abilities, our talents, and what we do with them. We see different, differing accounts with these three men, uh, what they are given the master's wealth to look after, and uh, when he goes away on a road trip, and these road trips are a bit longer in these days, uh, they are waiting for him to return. They are waiting for him to return. 
Uh, I want to look at three things this morning this parable teaches us. Firstly, we are called to grow the gold. Secondly, don't bury the gold. And thirdly, call out the gold in others, because often we can't see it in ourselves. So firstly, uh, we are called to grow the gold. There's a man called Johannes Weiss, and he says this, the gifts of God are not given like money, but like plants which need a suitable soil for their growth. I'm struck by verse 16. And there's a wee collection of words in verse 16 that it says this, the man who had received five bags of gold, and it's this bit here, it says, went at once and put his money to work. He went at once. And the man who received two bags done exactly the same. Now those words have really struck with me, they've really stuck with me this week. Went at once. He went at once. There was no messing. There was an immediate reaction. There was a realization that time could be short. Opportunities might be scarce. They might not get the chance again. His heart was in sync. He received it well. It's a bit like another story that Jesus told, the parable of the sower, the condition of the soil, our hearts. His heart was in a good place. He received it well. He wanted what he had been given to bear fruit, to bring a return to his master, to be used. There was a hunger, there was a passion. There was a real, I want to see breakthrough here, a determination. He went at once. No holding back, no hesitation. I love that. I love that little couple of words. I love uh, the, the TV program, The Apprentice. Have we got any Apprentice fans in here? Yes, maybe we should start an Apprentice small group and we can watch that and then read the Bible afterwards. I have a secret belief when I watch The Apprentice that if I was to go on it, that I would win it. Now, it's not because, it's not because I am an incredible business mind or I have a great business acumen or I, I am an extremely amazing, accomplished leader. The reason why is because everybody else is hopeless that goes on it. I don't know if you watch it. Everyone else is hopeless. The very first task, for example, is come up with a team name. Come up with a team name. And you hear the commentator say, four hours later, and the boys are still in the room. They have come up with the team name Wolves or Oblivion. And you're like, what? They're not even good names. You spent four hours around the table to come up with a team name, and you're calling yourselves Oblivion? What's that about? And then they have various tasks, 10 weeks of tasks. For those of you that don't uh, see it or never watched it, they're trying to identify a business partner for Alan Sugar, and uh, they do loads of different tasks where they go out around London and uh, test their business ability. Every single week, they have maybe two days to plan pitches, sell products or make meals or design products. And they spend hour after hour after hour in the meeting room, not getting anywhere. And I'm shouting at the TV, you need to get out. You need to go. And I think that's a word for some of us here this morning. We have a gift We have this weighty piece of gold that God wants us to have that has been entrusted. We know it's valuable. We know it's important. We know it matters. We know it's for the kingdom. But we're worried about getting it right that we never take it anywhere. We never let it grow. Our hearts can't take it on and we we don't take it in. We never let it out of the box. It's a little bit like sitting rooms. Now, let me explain. 
we had a sitting room and everything valuable went in the sitting room and we'd use that and we'd use that room for people who visited but some stuff would only be seen when people were visited the valuable stuff goes in the sitting room and it maybe never gets used as much as it does sitting rooms aren't as popular now but in older houses you had your sitting room and you had your living room that is not how we're to use what God has entrusted to us so when it comes to our money God doesn't want the wealth that we have to be entrusted in sitting rooms with valuables that we can't use, but to be given generously to people in need. The local church to the world, making a dent. He doesn't want our energy to be conserved when the time comes, thinking, oh, I'll, I'll do that when the time comes. But to be pushing on now, pouring into the everyday, sharing the gospel, taking a piece of the jigsaw that fits with our makeup in church, in work, with our families, making a dent with our abilities and talents it's not for special times of the year it's not when it's quieter or more manageable but actually the abilities and talents are given room to grow and to complement what we do throughout the rest of our lives making a dent when the gold is given we need to be a people that go at once humbly receive with our soft hearts who roll up our sleeves get a little bit mucky and put in a shift for the kingdom. And why do we do that? Because the eternal destiny of a city hinges on it. The eternal destiny of our families, the eternal destiny of this nation depends on it. God wants to use unqualified, messed up people like us in his mission. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And he has placed all of us in environments where we can be used and make a difference. He is intentional and strategic. If you are, are sitting here this morning and you're thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. don't know why I'm here. Maybe here, literally. don't know why I'm here. I, mean, I hope you get a good coffee and enjoy yourselves. You're maybe thinking that when you leave. But you may be thinking, why am I in this stage of life? Why have I got the job I've got? You are there for a reason. You are where you're meant to be. And we are to be on a journey of growth to bring hope, love, and the gospel of Jesus to this city. I'm reading a book just now called Defining Moments, and it goes through heroes of the faith, people who have done extraordinary things uh, for Jesus. It's called God Encounters with Ordinary People Who Changed the World, and uh, I've been reading about a man called Smith Wigglesworth. A few of us maybe have heard of him. Uh, he was an evangelist in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Can you imagine saying that name in Starbucks, having that written down around the cup? Smith Wigglesworth. Anyway, that's the kind of things I think. Smith Wigglesworth was used powerfully for God. And this is what he says, one of his many quotes. Fear looks, faith jumps. If I leave you as I found you, I am not God's channel. I am not here to entertain you, but to get you to the place where you can laugh at the impossible, to believe and to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Me and Mary want this place to be a church that outside these walls we are God's channel. We don't want to be people that leave other people as, they, as we have found them. I don't want to be a person that leaves people as I found them. I want to make a dent. I, and I understand that life isn't all roses and rallying cries. That life is tough sometimes. We get ill. We have emergencies we have surprises, we have struggles, we have stresses. But I know in our experience, as we have planted Inverness Vineyard Church, it's live right now, that tension. It's tough. 
But we are determined to let the gifts that God has given us grow. And to let God draw near in spite of the tough stuff. Why? Because we continually, again and again and again, see God move in amazing ways. We see people becoming Christians. We see people being healed. We see chains of addiction and shame being broken. It's so worth it. So worth it. So to make a difference, we need to go at once. And I want to take more faith jumps. Maybe you're sitting here this morning thinking, maybe I do too. Maybe it's in the workplace. Maybe it's conversations with family. Maybe you have a close friend you would love to pray for. Maybe you sing. Maybe you are passionate about prayer. Maybe you are passionate about mission, taking a group of people to the ends of the earth. Maybe it's the workplace. Maybe you are a went-at-once kind of Christian, and now you have the spade out ready to dig. Maybe you've been hurt before, and you don't want that again. We would love to pray for you this morning, if that's the case. So firstly, we're called to grow the gold. Secondly, don't bury the gold. In verse 18, we see the last man in this little story, the third man in the parable. He had it in his hands. He had the the gold, the bag of gold in his hands. And I'm sure he had seen others get to work, those two other guys. He'd seen the eagerness. They went at once. Third guy, he's got it in his hands. You know, as I was re-reading this passage again and again and again, and I, I knew there was something about burying the gold I had a weird picture, and I don't know if it's because I was hungry, but all I could think about was the British Bake Off. Now, let me, t- I'm maybe grieving it. I want it back on telly. The British, the Brit- you can see a running theme here. Reality TV is a big thing. The British Bake Off, you know the tasks where they get all the ingredients and they don't know what order to put it in, and they're all panicking, so Mary Berry will come out, or it's not Mary Berry anymore. That's a shame, isn't it? Anyway, that's not in my notes. Uh, They come out and they say what you have to make and it's under a tea towel and they lift it up. How on earth are we meant to do that? Everything's here. We don't know what order to put it on. And a few people are flying. They're putting stuff in the Kenwoods. They're getting going. The oven's preset. They're getting the ingredients in the right place. But you always have that one baker, don't you? That one baker in the corner that it pans to. They've got the bowl, the two eggs, and they're just beating the eggs. They're just looking at everyone else. What do I do next? What do I do next? I don't have a clue. And dread fills their faces. You almost imagine if there was a cupboard big enough, they'd just sneak into it, close it up. Where's Tom gone? He's gone. And that's how I see this guy in verse 18. He's seen the other two go at once to put the money to work. And I think he has a bit of a wobble. I think he has a bit of a wobble. And I, wonder, I was thinking, I wonder what is on his mind to make him get the spade, to dig it up and to bury it. And I think it could be a couple of things. And I want to parallel this to what is in our minds as well. It could have been comparison. He could have seen the other two go at once and think, gosh, they've got more gold. They're going to make a better job. Now, for us, maybe we look out and we we think, that person sings beautifully. People are drawn to tears when they sing. I only bring a smile and a welcome on a Sunday's. Maybe it was fear. Maybe the guy was thinking, I've got this precious thing. What if I lose it? What's the master going to say then? For us, maybe it's God's given me this gift. I have a gift. I know I have a gift, but I'm going to protect it. Because if I make it public, if I let other people see it, it might not ever be the same again. It will be tainted. 
Maybe it's laziness. Maybe the guy thought, I've only got one talent. I've only got one bag of gold here. The others have got loads. The master won't mind. I'll just bury it. It's fine. I've got other stuff to do. Maybe it was insecurity. Maybe the, the man was thinking, I'll muck up anyway. Out of sight, out of mind. Maybe some of us are thinking, I'm not worthy to bring a gift. I'm not worthy to, to bring that out. Our vision is that this place is a place where people come alive. And I believe that this point is a resurrection moment for a few of us where we've buried gifts that God has given us a number of years ago that now need to come out into the light. The master wasn't best pleased the servant's actions burying the gold. Uh, and just a couple of little things on this. Firstly, it's not ours to bury. The gold isn't ours to bury. It's entrusted. It says in the, the Bible it was entrusted. It's like the little small print in our phone contracts. The phones aren't really ours. They're still the phone companies. It's not ours. Everything we have is God-given. It belongs to him. He has entrusted the monthly wage. So it's not how much will I give to God. It's this is God's how much shall I keep. It's not with the singing voice. How much can I squeeze in singing practices? But it's how do I prioritize and give this space? Not just Sundays at half 10 to 12, but through the week. How do I, how do I let this warm, welcoming heart glow at the school gate? Glow in the workplace. With the engineer brain, how does that bless not only the company that I work for, but others in my life? With the practical hands, how does it bless not only putting chairs out and setting up church on Sunday, but fixing things for our neighbors that are broken? When we see a little thing on Facebook, I've broken my washing machine, can anyone help? It's all entrusted. So it's not ours to bury. Secondly, it might never be found again. Now I have a couple examples on this. It's a Euro 96 two-pound coin. I'm a big football man. I got a Euro 96 two-pound coin and a George Best five-pound note. So I remember my mum queuing at Clydesdale Bank to get the Euro 96 two-pound coin. And I remember the George Best five-pound note. And I remember getting these and thinking, yes, I'm going to save this up. It's going to be worth something. And then my parents moved to Inverness in 2004. And I did what any uh, young person would do at that time. I hid it. I hid it. And I thought, you know what I'll do? My dad has about 3,000 study books. I'll hide it in some of the books. And I'll remember which book it's in. Don't worry about that. So I popped coin in, uh, the coin in with a little bit of tape into one of the books. And the George Best note in another. And could I remember what books I put them in? And they're probably worth more now. They might never be found. I've accepted that. It might never be found. But the odd time when I do visit mum and dad, I go, I'm just popping in to see your books, dad. And I think, what tedious link have I came up with? It's a George Best note. Any title with best in it. I'll have a look in the books. So I pour out some books. Have we look in? Still haven't found it. Still haven't found it. For some of us, we need to get digging whilst we remember where the gift is. While we can unpack it and still use it for God's glory. This morning may be this moment. So it might never be found again. And then thirdly, it's a gift that's designed to keep giving. The talents given to the men were to be grown. They are items that its very nature was to go, use, and to grow. 
to reach out, for it to be more than it began as, to be built upon, for the return to be greater. We are called to grow the gifts that God has given us. We are to realize that these gifts are to have an eternal impact. They are to reach further than us. They are bigger than us. They are to reach out. They are to stretch. They are to be used for his glory. There is a continuation, a journey. So maybe some of us are sitting here and we know we've buried the gold. Maybe you remember where it is this morning. Maybe someone said to you, that isn't very good. Maybe the magnitude of the gift that has been entrusted has been, it's felt too much. And actually it's time to, to dig it up and to give it, to give it before God and say, I'm going to be used. Perhaps some of us have looked at our talent, looked at our bag of gold and thought, they've got four. One's not much. It's measly. Maybe we've been in a season of laziness and we realize this morning we need someone to give us a good kick up the backside and say, come on, you've got this gift. God is wanting to use you. What can we do? We would love to pray with you if any of those uh, resonate. We have a space at the end where uh, Ross and Gordon will lead us in a few more songs and there'll be a space at the side there. We would so love to pray with you that it would be found, that it would be brought into light and it would be used as it's meant to be. Uh, as it's meant to be. And then my final point is we are to call out the gold in others. It can't be used if it isn't seen. Another couple of little words in this passage stood out to me was a third man who was given one talent by the master. In verse 18, it says this, the man who received one bag went off. He just went off. One man went at once and put his gift to work. The other man went off and he dug a hole. We never want to be a group of people in Inverness Vineyard Church where one or two went off and go and get digging some holes. We want to call out the gold. We want to call out the gifts that God has given us. Time, money, energy, abilities, talents. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, says this, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. That was my verse this morning in my little devotional as well, which wasn't planned. Therefore encourage one another and build each other up. This isn't that we do it for the sake of doing it, but if we see something good in another person, speak it out. Because sometimes the person won't recognize it themselves. It could be the difference between a gift being used or a gift being dug into a deep hole. And I almost wish that that man who went off had someone that said, wow, that's amazing. You have been given that. Look at what you could do with that. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Don't be afraid. You've got this. You've got this. You're great at negotiating. Remember that time you went to the market and you sorted out those coins and go, go. And you know, as, as I stand here this morning, we are recipients of people calling out the gold in us. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Chuck and Taryn are here this morning. Chuck and Taryn uh, are the regional overseers of Vineyard in Scotland, but also they were our pastors in City Church Aberdeen. And calling out the gold is, is, is on their hearts. It's, it's beating. It's alive. And I don't think it's an over-exaggeration to say I wouldn't, we wouldn't be standing here this morning if it wasn't for 10 years ago Chuck and Taryn in our little living room in Justice Street in Aberdeen calling out the gold in us. We wouldn't be here. 
kingdom in- impact of that. It's almost like a row of dominoes. See what's happened. And I, I believe there's more dominoes yet to be knocked down when we call out the gold in people. When we call out the gold. So I'm going to do that right now. A couple of people. I'm going to do that right now as I was praying. Sue, I believe God has put on you a heart of compassion, a heart that bursts for others to bring God's promises in pain. When people's pain are alive for people that are journeying, you have to bring compassion and God's loving heart. Alina, the spirit of the encouragement is over you. You have words of life to give to others that will unlock insecurities in other people. When people are insecure, you have a real gift of encouragement to bring. Gordon and Raz, I know Raz isn't here, Gordon and Raz, you are to be a safety net for people, to scoop them up and to show them Jesus, to feed and to clothe. Tyrone, I've seen the word peacemaker. You're being called into situations that are turbulent and you are to stand in the middle and bring peace. Lindsay, you have the gift of intercession, but also to be encouraged that you have had people interceding over you for years and what you have received you are to give out. And there we go. I can't help but think and believe as we start out this church, as we put things together, as we start, as we mean to go on, calling out the gold is going to be so important. And that's not just in church. It's going to be one of the DNA imprints on Inverness Vineyard Church that we call out the gold in the workplace. We call out the gold in our family lives. We call out the gold when we're walking the dog and we see a neighbor to see God move. People's stories of coming to know Jesus will be born when we call out the gold. So this is a space that we don't just come here to sing nice songs, enjoy the coffee, and leave here and go, that was quite uplifting, wasn't it? I feel quite uplifted. But actually that the course of our lives are dramatically changed through an encounter of Jesus that started with somebody calling out the gold, sharing what they've seen in us. Just think of the potential of that. Think of the potential of that. So instead of just thinking, we say it. Instead of just saying when we drive home, I wish I said that, we turn the car around and we go and grab them and we say it. It could change their lives. It could mean some gold being put to work. People coming alive. I've just noticed that. How long ago did that happen? (laughs) It could result in many people. It will result in many people coming to know Jesus. It will change our city. Make no, no qualms about that. It will change our city. And that's why we're here. That's why me and Mary and a bunch of other people have been crazy enough to sell their houses, move jobs. Why we've left the security, why we've moved houses. Why we've left friends, because we've been given this God-given gift for this region. And God has entrusted us with it. It's not ours. And we won't get it right all the time. We'll make mistakes. It'll be tough. A man called Paul Borthwick, just as I bring things to a close, says this. It is possible to evade a multitude of sorrows through the cultivation of an insignificant life. Indeed, if a man's ambition is to avoid the troubles of life, the recipe is simple. Shed your ambitions in every direction, cut the wings of every soaring purpose, and seek a life with the fewest contacts and relations. If you want to get through the world with the smallest trouble, you must reduce yourself to the smallest compass. Tiny souls can dodge through life. Bigger souls are blocked on every side. As soon as man begins to enlarge his life, his resistances are multiplied. 
Let a man remove his petty self-purposes, uh, selfish purposes, and enthrone Christ. And his sufferings will be increased on every side. It'll be tough. But we want to make a dent. A sizable dent. And that involves risk. That involves taking steps. That involves battles. That involves using the gifts. That involves taking a deep breath and saying, over to you. And that's what I do every Sunday morning when I wake up. I take a deep breath and I say, over to you, God. From the moment I work, I say it about four times. When I wake up, when I'm running about setting up stuff, when I'm here just before the countdown, before my talk, I always run out. It's over to you, God. It's over to you. Eileen Gooder says this, you can live on bland food so as to avoid an ulcer. Drink no tea or coffee or other stimulants in the name of health. You can go to bed early, stay away from nightlife. You can avoid all controversial subjects so as to never give offence. You can mind your own business and avoid involvement in other people's problems. You can spend money only on necessities and save all you can. You can still break your neck in the bathtub and it will serve you right. <laughs> what a waste of a life. While we wait, we want to go at once. We want to take risks. We want to shun comfort. We want to reject convenience. We want to share Jesus, our hope and our saviour. That our eternal destiny is intertwined with this city's. That their story is part of our story. That the gold that we have in our hands is for this city, not just this dance studio. That they can join in with the beginnings of Inverness Vineyard Church. So while we wait, let's go on an adventure. Let's stand. We're going to give a chance now for a prayer at the back um, during the next songs of worship. But I just, I know that God is here. He's already meeting with people. Just stay with that if that's you. And if that's not, then we'll sing some songs and go away and have some more tea and coffee and that's fine. But I just wondered if a couple of the things that he, uh, Tom spoke about that just stuck in my mind there. The thing about um, the talents and not having enough gold. They've got four bits of gold. I've just got one. That's nothing. Maybe that's, that's a word for you where you just think, what have I got? That's nothing. That doesn't um, measure up to much. God can't do much with that. And I just felt God reminded me this week as well that God's the God of the impossible. That he can do all things.
even though we don't deserve it, he does it. And just allow him to do that, to bring what you have, what's in your hand, and he can, can use it for his glory and for his kingdom. And just that other picture of the, it was the um, cupboard, when the, the bake-off, and getting in the cupboard, that horrible moment where it's like, oh, what do I do? They're all getting to work. Ah! And you panic, and the more you see them getting to work, the more you panic, and then the more the cake goes in the oven, and your cake's not even started. But it doesn't matter with God. He can do all things to bring it to him. Not to have that. It's almost that fight or flight moment, isn't it? What do I do with this? Do I go all in or do I bury it? It's like now or never, all in or not. And it's a, we've been there. We're there all the time. It's like cliff jumping. But God, with God, all things are possible. He wants all of us not to hold anything back. So yeah, if any of that's for you or anything else at all that um, you've come with, we would love you to get prayer um, to leave lighter, to leave encouraged, to leave freer, that God can come into all of that. So there's a space just even now, just move over to the side there. Someone will meet with you. They want to do anything weird with you. They just want to stand alongside you and pray with you. Don't even need to say uh, anything at all, but they would love to do that. For the rest of us, we'll just worship God together. Okay, shall we stand and sing?